might go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Come with us, won't you, to a place called I Don't Get It, the land of the pop culture Get Off My Lawn cast. This uh, phantom uh, uh, country that only appears like Brigadoon on the landscape features two open music, open-minded music, <laughs> uh, uh, late 40s curmudgeons who muse over pop culture topics as they stare down the prospect of entertainment relevance. I'm your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises. Which, uh, as everybody knows, is a full-service energy work concern featuring the finest pseudoscientific therapists in the business who pass their hands (laughs) lightly above your body in an obscure and arcane flim-flam ritual in which you are told something called healing is happening. You laugh, but I know of a very old man, like second half of his 80s at this point, who swears by Reiki working wonders for him. Look, I have no doubt that it works wonders for him. That doesn't mean anything is happening. It just means it works wonders for him. It's pseudoscience. Well, clearly something is happening, even yeah. if it's only in his head. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, but that, that's fine. that's a feat in and of itself. Have you ever... You should know this, Mr. Therapy Man. Come have, on. Have you, you ever had... You spend well, time on the couch. And something's happening with therapy, as opposed to people saying, literally, energy is coming out of your palms of your hands. All right. Hey, if it works, it's, it's you know, more value than sitting and talking about your, your mother for three hours. Have right? you ever had acupuncture? Yeah, I have. I found it very relaxing. It did nothing for my pain. Yeah, I, I went there for chronic pain as well. This is when I had uh, my, my uh, psoriasis was uh, and, and, you know, joint stuff was popping up. So it was a place in New York I went to. I think I did two sessions, a place in Chelsea. It was expensive, too. And the guy was putting needles in me. And I was yes. like, I'm like, oh, this feels like needles going into my skin. So yes. it hurt. I bled from the holes and I laid you there. Bled. Well, he was doing a bad job if you bled. All right. That's well. not... Unless he's a medieval barber or something, they're not supposed to bleed you. Well, like after he took a sharp blade to my scalp and uh, yeah, put some, put some leeches on my arm, my upper arm. I found yes. that not, it really wasn't Maybe getting swallow a toad. Yeah. I wasn't getting any benefit from it. Was, the yield yeah. was poor, so I left, I I left mean, it behind. Look, pain is individualistic. Mental trauma is individualistic. Whatever works. Whatever works, man. And you you mock the Reikiists. And I tried Reiki and I thought it was jack shit. It is jack shit. But yeah. I appreciate that it works for you, but it's like, no, but people, it's not judgmental because nothing happens. It It doesn't mean that you can't, the odd person could sign up for this. But something does happen in your head is my point. Great. And it's like, you had to go through this one pseudoscientific bit of arcana to get there. All right. Whatever gets you there. You know know what I love? Whatever gets you through the night. It's all right. What I love is that there's Reiki certification and there's levels and it's, it's almost. Don't love it. I, I don't know. It's true. I don't love it. But when actually, when I went to when I went to the acupuncturist, I was looking at this accreditation accreditation accreditation. Is it, is it? Accredit, accreditation? Accreditation. Accreditation. I was looking on the I've wall. Never been accredited, so I don't know. For I sure. nearly turned around and I almost said something without even thinking. I was going to say, "Hey, this is kind of like being a licensed magician, right?" But I didn't. I stopped. <laughs> I stopped myself because I didn't want to be an uh, asshole to these people, like these nice people I just met. He's so, you know, you know, here's the problem, people. Bill starts by saying open-minded musings, then he completely invalidates his oh, own. No, it's it's musings about other things, not, not this. This is open-minded. Everything else is just a world of Every, dark, This is the dark one thing in the world he's closed-minded about is Reiki <laughs> and acupuncture, is, is alternative healing methods. Look, I'm I'm there with you. I've tried every pain relief technique over the ages. Most of them didn't do anything for me. But, you know, I just to each I'm very I'm a big believer that pain and trauma 
one thing can work wondrous for one person and be and do zero for the next person who seemingly has the same issue. It's it's the mysteries of the brain, especially when it concerns pain and trauma, are even not we haven't even remotely unlocked them, my friends. And, uh, and who are you, by the way? Who would we? Who no, are we my name is uh, no one who's listened this far doesn't know who I am already. Uh, I'm Noah Tarno. I'm the founder and the senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And and what we do on this show, folks, is we look at things that are happening that are hot, that are new, and as as we rapidly, rapidly, more rapidly by the day, get older. We try to keep up. We try to make sense of them. And this isn't I hadn't heard about, but it's it's all over the talk of the tick, right? Yeah. It's tick, a big thing now. Ticks and talks both. Ticks and talks both. Tic Tacs. It's in, it's in little. Yes. Why don't they make, why don't those Tic Tac containers, um, why aren't they used to sell anything else? Huh. Interesting. I never thought about that. Right? Yeah. Is there literally any other product that comes in a container like a Tic Tac? Uh, no, but you could dispense Anison or Dones or Midols, you know. <laughs> Anison, B- buff, buff, you're naming, you're naming, buff, you're naming products that have not been for sale. AIDS diet pills. My favorite of all time oh, is Don- Don's back pills. Like you're talking about a, a, a brief little window where Don's back. I, it's like, I, and I would watch these ads as a kid, and I would think, I've, how exactly does this drug go only to the back? How does it? Know I know. To stop? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I think, don't get it. I was thinking about Don's recently. I looked it up. I think they still make it. I don't know. I think I, they still make Don's. I don't think they make yeah. this. Why does it only go to the back? Yeah. How does it know to Maybe stop? It, it doesn't, doesn't go to the it doesn't go to the arms. <laughs> it doesn't go to your your there, upper there thigh. There used to be ads on TV, folks, for Dones back. It, it, it relieved back pain yeah. theoretically. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna look up Dones when we're done. Anyway, the other joke is in the early eighties, there was a product. Oh, these poor people. They sold it was it was basically candy that was a the appetite suppressant, and they sold it via TV commercials. And it was supposed to help you lose weight, and they were called AIDS, A Y D S, AIDS. And they're just the timing was terrible, you know. I mean, when they came out, it was probably still known as GRID, gay-related immune yeah. deficiency, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. of course, it got changed to AIDS. And and AIDS was probably a guy's well, last name too, unfortunately. Maybe yeah. like the people whose last name is Hitler, and John Cancer, um, yeah, John Cancer, <laughs> <laughs> Wally Cancer, um. Wally lymphoma, lymphoma, uh, and then you know now you can watch those AIDS commercials on YouTube and they're hilarious. I lost weight thanks to AIDS. Yeah, this is we are funny. way off topic. Oh man! So oh, we're man. trying to keep up with with TikTok trends, and this is oh, these people take this shit so seriously. This is a fashion trend. It's been a while since we've looked at something in fashion. Yeah, right? it has been a minute. That's true. Yeah, Met Gala might have been our last topic. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've covered something adjacent, like in this exact uh, wheelhouse before. But I think Met Gala may have been the last truly right. clothing based fashion. Uh, yeah, fashion. Fashion. Turn to the left. Walk, walk, fashion. walk. Fashion. Turn yes. to the right. Uh, so we're looking at, and I I like the name just because you know Bill and I bond over the, our love of the Sopranos yeah. and mob stories this is the mob wife aesthetic bill tell us about the mob wife aesthetic i'll tell you what is i realized that i keystroke the term i was putting the the h the th in the wrong syllable for some reason like i know how it's spelled but my fingers would go a a e s t e t h i c i'd have to keep manually correcting it thick yeah, it was. It was like the mob life ace thick. Yeah, the the, okay. the the th phonic was in the wrong place. But that's what I found out about myself this week. That's my self discovery. So mob life. That's is- not in the wrong place. 
It's removing an E and a T. Something it's in the right like place. You just you just cut out letters. Again, it's the idea. My my keystroking was almost so like spasm. Pedantic. Yeah, it is pedantic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is a momentary trend born, as Noah says, of TikTok culture, wherein women attempt to uh, match the styles of wealthy women who, who are associated with organized crime in movies and TV and real life even. Or as uh, Callie Holterman, the New York Times uh, correspondent, calls it, I quote, a louche amalgamation of fur coats, leather, and leopard prints that are being presented on the platform as a kind of mafiosa cosplay, feminizing the word, of course. So um, this sprang to life, really took a, a hold over the Chinese-owned espionage app, TikTok, after a few <laughs> well-placed fashionistas claimed. And this is like, again, talk about interlocking bits of bullshit. Somebody said, so clean girl aesthetic was over yes. and this had taken yeah. its place. And that was. Yeah, this, that was the quote of Kayla Trivieri. Yeah. That, which is the most TikTok mob wife aesthetic sounding name you could possibly Much like Jimi Hendrix uh, playing the national anthem at Woodstock. Exactly. Clean like girl that. aesthetic is over. This came in was a real sign of the times that we are epochally yeah. shifting from one thing to the other. I mean, God, clean girl aesthetic. That, that was our whole lives forever, right? Remember <laughs> yeah. the innocent days when clean girl aesthetic was new? Oh, we couldn't we have had at all you know what i'm saying back uh, back in those long gone days when so joe biden was president of the united kayla states kayla trivieri i believe she was a transplanted canadian who lives in new york uh i think she's 28 years old thereabouts um apparently i think she works in like crypto pr it's some it's, uh, everything everything about it just makes a big crypto pile of it's, so, PR. it's ridiculous yeah so what her, a phrase what a sentence that would have made no sense 10 years ago. she made in a, it's that is true what are words that, what are words that aren't words precisely <laughs> If you'd said, oh, Hindenburg exploded to someone in the year 1899, they would have no idea what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. So uh, this woman, Kayla Trivieri, tri yeah, Trivieri, uh, made an original sort of zero base uh, uh, prime mover video, which has been quoted by at least 2,000 TikTok Im either imitators or, or, or quotes where they, you know, they cosplay as such while they're, it's, it's going over her sort of screed or, or treatise or whatever you want to call it, doctrine. Uh, yes, the audio of her talking yeah. and people making their own videos for some reason. For and all some, those videos are the same, dude. Though. They're all, they're all, that's the point. You get to do yours all the same. same. So there's some the, made up suburban girl putting on clothes. There has been some speculation as to whether or not this might be an AstroTurf sensation, uh, which was brought about by HBR's P. HBO, HBR, HBR, yeah, home, HBR, HBR. home it's, box. It's not TV. It's not HBO. It's not even HBO. It's HBR. It's, it's not different. HBO. It's HBR. <laughs> <laughs> HBO's, HBR's PO department. <laughs> HBO's PR team. Uh, that's a theory, of course. They, 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 I, it's, I, they, they can't even sell their own network now, much less. I, I don't. I don't believe that I, for a second. For, for I don't think it would look this stupid or shitty if HBO was behind. Were no, behind. they they would be no. for. Look, they're happy to have this yeah. happen for them at the same time, but they did not engineer also, this. Like, yeah. HBO like Sopranos needs help. Well, you know, all right, here's the reason why people are doing this um, sort of Zapruder film, um, Charlie Day in front of the uh, red string corkboard thing is because uh, they're doing a heavy lifting right now over the 25th anniversary of the Sopranos pilot. So this is the big year. I mean, I guess if you can count the quarter quarter century is a big year. They're pushing it. They have they have been chopping up Sopranos episodes and bits and pieces to have a TikTok. You know, they're putting it into a place where it hadn't existed before. Trying to get TikTok audiences to at least recognize what the Sopranos were if it's something their older brother and or parents watched back in the day. Well, but we talked about this in our episode about the the Sopranos podcast is that Sopranos has amazing staying power, not even staying oh, power, yeah, yeah, like yeah. 
huge popularity among people who weren't even alive in some cases. And this, this and right, and this is this is added gas is like essentially. I mean, this this is just a, it's a tangent from this. Really, has nothing to do with it. But the idea that um, it this does wonders for The Sopranos, at least for the six minutes mob wife aesthetic winds up being a sensation. This helps out the 25 year anniversary. So, uh, you know, like uh, accordingly, uh, the imagery, the popular imagery that you, you bought looking at the stuff, it sort of includes references to Carmela, Adriana, uh, you know, another uh, sort of lodestar for this is Sharon Stone's character, Ginger from Casino, even though it really tends to look more like Real Housewives in New Jersey. Or what's her name? Who is John Gotti's daughter, Victor- growing up Gotti, Victoria Gotti, I think her name. I literally never watched that show. I didn't watch it either. But, you know, this it's it's a very uh, Kings County, Nassau County, Queens, New Jersey, uh, uh, Manhattan kind of look. It's a very tri-state area derived thing. Yes. You know, it's all super. There's some Staten Island in there too, my friend. That's true. There is some North Staten, yes. North Staten Island. Richmond stuff. County. Yes. Richmond, thank you for dropping some specific SI it's references. very important. Yeah. Yes, very important. Uh, so, Noah, uh, what... what what do you what do you make of this extremely transient uh, I, thing? I, I, it's fashion, so I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I never cared about fashion. You care a little. I care zero. And to the extent you care, it's you know very, you know, Y chromosome associated fashion. Um, I mean, one of the apparent hallmarks of this, you know, they all say the same thing. It's 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 vintage looks it's fake fur it's big gold jewelry it's big sunglasses it's a it's a bag from an italian designer uh i'll say this i'm glad so i'm glad it's recycled you know it's little less conspicuous consumption than what i gather a lot yeah, of you're right um, it is hard to buy some of this stuff new off the shelf it's right. really about so yeah they're specifically saying oh it's it's uh I mean, here's the, here was the subhead from an article about this in the BBC. I thought this summed it up well. It's playful, bold, and easy to achieve. No wonder this opulent aesthetic is popular right now. And despite a backlash, it's a look that keeps gaining fans. So first of all, easy to achieve. They're saying, you know, go for the vintage and you can find this crap at vintage stores. So I like that. You didn't mention the backlash. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so I'm glad it's recycled. I'm glad it's fake fur. You know, I mean, as a kid, I got up and I, I briefly became a fur is bad, you know, while I was eating chicken every night. Did so. uh, did your mom have real fur? Yes, she did. Because my, uh, my like some some great aunts and that dead generation of people who grew up who were born in the 30s and 40s, uh, definitely the fur, especially yes. on Long Island, was a yeah. talk about that was the one that was the Louis status v- symbol. You made it when you bought your wife. That was the yeah. Louis Vuitton bag of its day. You know, yeah. that was oh, the, totally, yeah. totally. And, and, you know, when my, in the 80s, when my dad started making a little money, absolutely, that was a sign of, you know, yeah, crossing over. Yep, yep, yep. I think that's faded away. But, you know, I'm at a point now where you want to wear a fur, have a good time. If I'm going to eat meat, it's like how I find hunting to be tacky, but like, I can't really argue with it if I'm going to eat meat. So if you really want to skin an animal and wear its fur, you know, even putting aside the entire parts of our civilization were built on fur trading, but you know, whatever think just cause things were the way things had to be a while ago. They don't have to be that way now. So I'm glad it's that. Um, but that's pretty much all I can say good about this. I mean, look, I don't care about fashion. So take my opinion with a giant hunk of salt. Um, like I said before, most of these videos are the same. Most of these girls look the same. So I don't, apart from the appeal of the, fashion i don't really see the appeal of these videos but if you're down this rabbit hole of being into the minutiae of clothes and stuff then you know have a good time um you know one thing these videos say and i think kayla kaylee kylie trivieri said um and there's also the the woman who talked who called herself the ceo 
of my, oh, Sarah Jordan Arcuri, the self-proclaimed mob wife aesthetic CEO. So she said something you are not to be messed with is what the, is what you express when you wear it. And I think Kayla Trivieri said, you know, you go out with this tough demeanor. And I think people are adopting this with a sense of like, this makes me bad women or this makes me badass. This makes me tough. And there was a, I should have sent this to you. There was a great article in Teen Vogue. And by the way, those of you who don't know, Teen Vogue is a great publication. The, the, in the, Post-2016 era, they've gone on the cultural, you know, feminist attack in some very intelligent ways. I briefly knew a woman who was a fact checker for them, and she had nothing but good things to say about them. So here's a quote about how, you know, this idea, they talked about mob wife aesthetic and how this idea that it's idea that's an empower that it's empowering. And they said, quote, however, associating this trend with female empowerment might also be misguided. Detractors and critics of the mob wife trend emphasize that real and fictional women are objectified and commodified in generally patriarchal mob structures. So I think that's a good point. I think you're really, you know, if you're hearkening back to The Sopranos or Casino or The Godfather or Goodfellas, and you think those women are tough and not to be messed with, you're really missing. Yeah, you're not really watching the source material. I mean, you're not watching it. It's not deep subtext. To say these women are put upon. In fact, part of the reason I like God, Goodfellas so much more than I like Casino or The Godfather is I thought it really, I felt the whole point of Goodfellas was to show how grimy mob yeah. life really is. Dep- depredation, and yeah. There's that a great scene where uh, Lorraine Bracco's Karen, you know, the main wife in the, in the thing, is talking about hanging out with the other wives and how disgusting they are, how they all have bad skin, they all have bad hair, they all talk about beating their kids with hairbrushes and broom handles, and just how sordid and unglamorous these women are, putting aside that they're treated like shit by their men. I mean, if they're not physically, I mean, again, this is apparently what I gather, how it really is, if they're not physically assaulted, and how it is in the fiction. If they're not physically assaulted, they're constantly cheated on. I mean, Goodfellas makes a huge thing about that. You have a whore living in your apartment Janice, building. Janice Rossi in two hours a whore. Janice Rossi is a whore. Get your own man. Um, so, you know, that just seems really silly to me. And then there's this thing of cultural appropriation. I think this is just, again, like everyone wants to be offended culture. So apparently, I'm sure it's overstated, there are Italian people saying, you are appropriating our, their culture is the way women dressed in the 80s. Yeah, like, that's not, that doesn't really hold up, sorry. So that's a backlash. And then there's a backlash to that, where African-American, and again, it's probably two Italian women said this, and then two African-American women said this, and it, it blew up. Two black women are saying, well, you never cared about cultural appropriation before, and now that's happened to you, you care about it, you're a hypocrite. I've said on the show before, the whole concept of cultural appropriation, I really am iffy about, I think, appropriation is a necessary part of culture. It's, you know, whether you're insulting or not, right? Right. Whether, you know, when the KKK starts listening to rap music, I think that's a problem. But I think, you know, people get upset when non-Japanese people cook sushi. Come on. Like, I think that's, you put stuff out there, it's going to get mutated. It's going to get spread around. You know, I can think of several examples of Jewish things being adopted by non-Jews. And I I like that. Um, so No, the big example I give is when I went to a Catholic wedding and they played Havana Gila and they danced the Hora. And I actually thought that was great because there's nothing about dancing the Hora that doesn't apply to a Catholic wedding, right? It's when you mutate things. I I don't know. I can't can't put it into words, at least not thinking about it. 
but I am very skeptical of accusations of cultural appropriation because I think appropriation in some major form is an important part of culture. Okay, but I'm dubious that that's a real big issue here. It's just, it was in the BBC subhead, so let's address it. So I don't really care about this, and to the extent I care about it, it's just whatever, a big old roll of my eyes. Well, you know, it's not that this is dumb, at least the way I look at it, because, you know, it inspires at least... It's that it's really dumb. uh, You know, it inspires what looks to be creative rivalry among uh, people who I assume are talented people. I mean, the... the, um, it looks like the constituents who are practicing this seem to know quite a bit about makeup and costume, couture even. Uh, you know, it looks like a lot of them are people who dig around and, and sample sales and really, you know, much like people who, who do like crate diving for LPs to, you know, find things to chop up and in, in, into samples. It's like, yeah, there's a simple, everyone who does this, there's people who rummage around in culture looking for these bits of gold to, to you know to sort of like polish and represent and I, I appreciate that that stuff is impressive to watch it's impressive to listen to when a guy like dj shadow would do that with old record samples and when people repre- represent clothing and recontextualize it that's fascinating you know that that's costume but i mean i think that in the main most of this is just so transient as to be negligible um until the next arbitrary trend comes around to, to, to wipe it out. And, you know, I'll go back to saying whatever, I did not bother looking at whatever clean girl aesthetic was, but apparently we could have talked about that four or five months ago. Uh, well, it was a brief trend when women actually showered, you know, yeah, was, right. you know how women never shower and, they and used for a, a couple months they, they used a bottle brush in their ears. Exactly. Or they scrubbed in like they were going to surgery. That was clean girl. Right, was, exactly. yeah, right. Clean girl aesthetic was, yeah. Well, what do you think the masks were about? Right. So, but you know, I, going to your point though, yeah, that's what the masks were about. Exactly. For my money though, this is kind of unironically, how Long Island women dress for decades. I mean, you know, that's that's sort of the point we were making before. Yes, as, for those who don't know, Bill is from the depths of Long Island. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the real heat of Long Island happens in Nassau County, you know, your, your Massapequas and whatnot. And where I came from in Suffolk is a little, it's it's populated, but it's still fairly, it doesn't have the density, it doesn't have the Long Island-ness. It's, it's closer to redneck Long Island than sort of like, you know, Billy Joel, Long Island, which is up there towards Oyster Bay and Nassau County and all that shit. But anyway, this is, you know, I made reference to the fact that that was uh, a status symbol. You know, the idea of wearing furs was something it wasn't. It was, it was the bit of money you had if you crossed over into middle class. That's something you can get. You can get your wife a short, you know, a sort of a waist cut uh, chinchilla or mink fur coat. And, you know, then you'd go out to a sushi or a hibachi restaurant in 1987 or 1984. And it was like, that was a real sign of that you were living fine. You were rolling good. So it's weird. It's become momentarily de rigueur, Noah. Um, and to, to finally close out to your point, look, my culture, Noah, my culture is not your, your costume. People. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. My culture is not your costume. Queen girl is out. Mob wife era is in. Okay. Starbucks and black puffers are out. We're wearing vintage furs all winter. All really need to step into our mob wife era. Like we're already seeing, you know, the cheetah prints, the sparkle, the glitz, the glam, the furs, the big hair. This is just a vibe. Mella Soprano walked so you bitches could run. Why? Why are people embracing mob wife aesthetic? Okay, this is, it's a very simple answer. There's really not much to it. I mean, you know, we could we could talk about this and you should go look at it yourself if you want. But here's the thing. It's competitive dress up. It's on the bleeding edge of the moment. 
you know, it's influenced by movies, which is big. I mean, if people haven't seen The Godfather or Sopranos, they know what these things are. They've seen pictures of um, Edie Falco with the wig and the freaking, you know, giant jewelry in her hand and, and, and all the makeup. She was wearing a wig? You think she was wearing yeah, a wig? Yeah, of course she was. Yeah, of course she was. They're all wearing wigs. Oh, I yeah. assume they just, you know, they no, had really no, good no. Uh, hairstyles. That's the beauty. Well, that's what it is. It's like you come in there, you wig yourself each day. You don't have to worry about the hairstyle because it's just, it sits on, yeah. a, sits on a styrofoam mannequin. I, and in addition to being influenced by movies, it also is, uh, it's got the glamour quotient on top of it because it's this this beauty the tiktok spreading beauty myths and all that stuff it's it's popular culture um it is conspicuous consumption because you know you're not doing real furs but the whole point of fake furs is to make you think of a real fur and the reason right. why you would think of a real fur is because it's a fine object that costs a lot of money in space yes and, and I, it was a big big signifier of wealth and ostentation and the, the specific person for many decades the, yes. the my, my great aunt lillian quattrochi from valley stream long island it's like that's what the, a name it is right it's all a thing quattrochi four eyes my friend four eyes quattrochi that is yeah hyper super italian super italian super italian yeah. yeah so and and you know let's think about this and this is a pivot for me is that i don't think you can understate the effect that drag culture has on straight straight <laughs> white women the way straight, i think you're right yeah the way yeah. straight white women have adopted both the makeuping the make makeup the making up and the makeup techniques the theater the stagecraft but not only that the idea that there's um the whole idea of these two words, everyone knows slay, right? Women women have been saying slay for the longest time. And that's really, right. that, that was like well, a, a black that male. That came from Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. And the other Sorry. thing now that, you know, the, the other big word that is, I mean, not the only one, not limited to this, but I think the idea of something serving something, the idea that this serves mob wife aesthetic is also something plucked out of drag culture that has mi- migrated from drag ball culture to, to straight, women who watched uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff like that. So, you know, this is uh, easy to get. It's it's sticky and it's easy to catch on. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always got to be something with fashion. You know, I think every few months there's got to be a new thing. So if we cared more about fashion, we would always find some fashion trend on TikTok. I believe, you, I believe you're right about that, yes. Yeah, maybe this, you know, is a little more prominent because it's got the mob thing, you know, we have interest in mob pop culture stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to read into this a little too much here. Um, I think a reason why this might be popular is I think we are living in an era where people have a desperate need to seem, and I emphasize seem, not be, seem, put up the signifiers of the supposed signifiers of being tough, of being badasses. Uh, you know, I said how Sarah, the the, the self-proclaimed mob wife aesthetic CEO, what a, what the balls on someone to say It's that. meaningless. Again, it's like licensing. Yeah, Sarah Jordan what are you talking Curry. about. So the quote is, she said, it signifies you are not to be messed with. And others say, you know, go out there and act as if you don't care. I think when times are hard, people have a possibly primal, you know, going back to when you're infant need to to seem like they are hard. To, to post, put up to this posture. Armor. Yeah. To posture. You know, talking about posturing like the mob, think about how in the 90s, how every rapper, you know, referenced the mob, referenced Scarface primarily, or called themselves a mob, or, or named themselves Gotti. You know, that was a big word. Or there was some rapper the, in an album called This This Thing of Ours. Polo the Don. Yeah, sure. Right. And those rappers came from, you know, most of those rappers came from, you know, disadvantaged childhoods, came from worlds that probably were 
pretty dangerous. So they're out there in the height, you know, they've made it, quote unquote, but still, you know, you're constantly got to tread water when you're in that world. And and they felt like they had to put up that wall, not only to to defend themselves, but also that was what was expected of them. That's what all the white kids in the suburbs buying their albums wanted from them, to, to feel like these guys are dangerous. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I always bring politics into the shit, so whatever. I think that's a lot of reason why the right wing right now is, you know, they grab onto these signifiers of toughness, the Punisher skull, whatever. But that gets at, or, you know, ridiculous movies like The Sound of Freedom, but that gets at, again, it's phony. It's fake. These First of all, I don't know how much they're hearkening to an aesthetic of real mob wives. I mean, I guess they watch this Gotti show, they get some view into that because those really were mob wives, although I'm sure they were putting on a little act for the camera somewhat. You know, Edie Falco is not a mob wife. Uh, Drea DiMatteo was not a mob wife. They were playing characters. Those characters were not real people, right? There, there is an artifice to this, just like the Punisher was not a real guy created by a, you know, a liberal Jew. No, he's not Jew. Jerry Conway's not Jewish, but very, very liberal. Um, you know, thinking Donald Trump's a tough guy. I mean, come on, it's all phony. Um, I understand this. You know, you're putting on this armor and it's there and it's handy and it makes you feel better and it makes you feel safe. All right, but and mob wife aesthetic fashion, who cares? Ultimately, at the end of the day, no one gets hurt. So again, I can roll my eyes, but I can't get upset. I mean, if we're talking politics, I think it is upsetting, but we're not talking politics. So I'm just going to say this is just closed as long as they vote for democracy, whatever. Do you think an industry plant made the mob wife aesthetic come back because of The Sopranos 25th anniversary? For the 25th anniversary of The Sopranos airing, HBO Max is doing all these things. Their marketing devils are working as they do. They launched a TikTok which has episode recaps and never before seen footage and behind the scenes. And it's just like, it's crazy that this show continues to just exist and there's no new footage, but it makes more and more and more money for people. It's wild. Noah, uh, when you were growing up in your Italian-American household in New Jersey, would you have liked this uh, back when you were a kid? There were a lot of Italians in my town. There was, there was a like shitload of Italians in your town. Private exactly. Catholic schools in my town. There were a ton of Italians. My See, this is the thing. I, I grew up in a town. It was very diverse. I don't think I appreciate it. Like a third of the school was black. A ton of the kids were Italian Catholic. You know, there were a ton of Jews. We got both days of Rosh Hashanah off from school. School was closed. I mean, that's amazing, right? Um, anyway, that's not what you asked. Uh, no, I never, ever cared about fashion. I still don't. So there's no scenario under which I would have engaged us. And by the way, I didn't get in. I, I probably first saw The Godfather in... I must have seen it after Goodfellas because I saw Goodfellas when it came out. So I was in 10th grade. I probably saw Godfather after that. And Godfather has never grabbed me the way Goodfellas has. So I wasn't into mob culture at all as a kid. Yeah, two so, there are two different yeah, ways. There's different no things. element of this that would have appealed to a young me. But well, look, as, as ironic as the furs and the black leather pants, the gold hoop earrings are intended to be, this is this is exactly what classy women looked like when I was growing up in Suffolk. <laughs> you know? And did you genuinely think these women were classy? Uh, well, what was the, what was the alternate? What else did you have if it was sort I of a... You could see other types of women on TV. 
in the yeah, news. Yeah, but this was you know? this was real life. You know, this is to some degree. Right. And, you know, I I came from a, a very you know a, a blue collar sort of below the line middle class family. You know, it was the the, the thing of flip flops and uh, cut off jean shorts. You know, it was very very very. Um, slovenly look as i would call it um and i even when i was a kid i sort of knew i don't want to do this i'm a khaki person i'm a pressed dress shirt kind of guy I, i'm an ascot man i just have to wait until i'm old enough to exercise and flex this so you know looking up at this stuff you know this this is um this is as this was aspirational essentially and, and you know and regionally appropriate that's why i mentioned the thing about you know a joke about you coming from an italian household but i'm saying it's like this is this is our this is our tri-state heritage to some degree that people are are kind of like you know, f fussing about. So, you know, um, there, there's there's a long stretch of tri-state culture here where, where being Italian-American and insinuating that you had some tenuous connection to organized crime folks was actually uh, a sign of outlaw culture. It is what you were just talking about before. Right. That particular quirk, that little tincture, that somehow if you were able to boast that, oh, my cousin's friend sure. from Howard Beach, you know, was once in the same wedding yes. as connected. Sammy Gravano. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. Yeah. you had to win. Yeah, yeah. That, that was status. Yeah, yeah the sure. status. It's really, it's really wild. Yeah. You know? And, and, and my closer to this is that I, when I worked at, on the Hamptons, um, I, you know, there was an older woman who worked there. She was in her late sixties and I was a kid, but she, she was from Ozone, uh, Ozone Park, right? Yeah. Howard Beach, Ozone Park. Uh, Queens. She grew up, she was obviously a young teenager during the heyday of Gotti. And she would talk about how even though, you know, her dad wasn't connected, they sort of lived under the suzerain of that was, you know, at that point in New York, there was nothing to fear if you were inside those Italian American neighborhoods, right? And she says that the trucks would come. It's nothing to fear, except if you had a business, you got shaken down yeah. for Right. percentage of your profits. Right, right. No, but it's like if you worked out of the neighborhood and you came back home and it's like, you know what? They yes, had, there weren't a lot of muggings on the street. They had that's, that's washer true. dryers. They had air conditioners. It's like trucks, oh. which, trucks would show up with things for them. And I'm, you know what? I sat wrapped listening to Maria talk about John Gotti's, you know, box trucks rolling through Ozone Park, Howard Beach. And it's like, you know what? I And he, you know, uh, Gotti and those guys would put up the fireworks um, what are they? Genev it was the Genovese family. I think it was, uh, is that who ran? That was essentially the, the larger Aegis. They would put up Grucci fireworks that Gotti and those guys would pay for themselves on 4th of July, you know? And it's like, I, there's not for a single second, I don't think these men are craven, bloodthirsty monsters. It's like, but it's like, I, I get how these people could have brainwashed, uh, the, uh, to thinking that you were sort of on the side of the uh, Robin Hoods, you know, essentially, this is the Merry Men a little bit. Today I'm going to show you how to dress like a mob wife. You'll need to start with an outfit that's comprised of entirely black garments. If you can add some leather in there, even better. Bill, is there any element of mob wife aesthetic, the death of clean girl <laughs> aesthetic? The, the the rise of mob wife aesthetic is there any element of that that is a sign of the apocalypse? Do you think that Newsweek is going to post a special uh, a one off for the for the drugstore stand next week? The death of Clean Girl, a sort of spinoff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, they asked President Biden about that in his latest press conference. Yeah, it's a very important issue. Yeah. No, can't have no, no. It's dead. No, it doesn't work. No, I think it's dead at this point. I think <laughs> but we're looking into that. Uh, now, this is a quick one from me. This is a mere bagatelle uh, to name the parkway on Long Island to keep the geographic references. There actually is a bagatelle parkway on Long Island, by the way. That's it's the, called bagatelle? Yeah, really? that's the real word. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, but no, I would say that, you know, the other thing I was, I, every time I was looking into this, uh, doing some research, uh, whatever, a day or two ago, 
there's something else that was just I was huge that was just bubbling on the surface that day was Ice Spice's new single was dropping. And I'm like, okay, here's here's the difference between something transient like Mob Wife aesthetic and something that's gonna last the test of time. Like you know, like the the <laughs> like Ice Spice. Like Ice Spice and her new her new single no, which is called, and I quote, You ain't shit parentheses fart. That's what it's called. Are you serious? It's def- de- definitely serious, yes. I think that we're just talking about my wife aesthetic is transient, but something as something like our, uh, our, our songstress, our shantus from uptown in New York, she will last uh, forever. So this, this is, this is a mere shadow. I mean, look, I think Ice Spice is talented, but I don't oh, I like think Ice Spice. there's a yeah. lot to this music. Anyway, you like her. What about you? Isis Naja Gaston. I forgot that she was born January 1st, 2000. Yeah. That's interesting. 2016. Um, look, I'll say again, as long as these women vote, have a good time, you know? I mean, you could say, oh, why are they doing this? We have urgent real problems and sirens flashing, but you know, whatever. I run trivia events for a living, so yeah. who am I to talk? Right. Um, I do a podcast, yeah. you know, where the world's working. Exactly. As long, again, as long as these women vote, I mean, I hope they do and I hope they vote the right way, um, you know, then have a good time. So yeah, nothing really apocalyptic about that. The way this man understood the asylum. <laughs> this is literally the definition of mob wife like are you kidding the flowiness the volume this is giving everything it needed to give no we're just about to finish uh i hate to tell you this but this podcast is almost over we have two more segments the first one is yes. jealousy so sad. Uh, how does this make wistful here. how does this make you yeah really it's good we're gonna go retrospective at the end of the podcast yes. how does this yeah, make you feel retrospective like, of the mob wife aesthetic in the is there yeah. any, je- any jealousy at play i mean i'm always a little jealous of fashion you know i mean you're you're kind of into fashion. I'm not at all. But, you know, I like dressing up. I mean, I'm like into what I, I put on my body. I mean, that's what I care about. Okay, you're not into the fashion world, but you're into fa- into personally yes. interacting Expressing with myself with garments, yes. Right. I, don't, I hate buying clothes. You know, one of my many problems with never having a girlfriend. He's, is, nude, he's nude right now on the camera, guys. You just, you right. When I have a girlfriend, like her job number, okay, we're, we're, you know, we're in a relationship now. This is, this is, you know, something we could put a label on it. We're going shopping because I hate buying clothes. So I always make it a job of a girlfriend and usually she seems to enjoy that. So I'm always a little, I, I'm jealous that I can't engage with that. I'm jealous that I don't look more good, more, more good, more gooder. I don't look better more often and that I just, it, I find it kind of opaque and hard to break into. I mean, not that I would wear this, but just anytime I'm reminded of caring and seeing the difference in these things, the more I feel like there's a personal deficiency on my part. Um, but a way I'm not jealous is this attitude of, you know, I said before, needing, feeling the need to put on the armor and always seem like the tough guy and posture you know, I was plagued by that as a kid. I was, you know, one of the male victims of tox- toxic masculinity. I need to prove something. And I mostly let that go because I find it so tiresome and tiring. And I'm really glad that I don't feel the need to like, I need to go out there and slay, you know. I mean, I do feel the need to prove myself, but not in that way. So I feel relieved, anti-jealous, non-jealous, that I don't feel that need to go out there and, you know, seem like Mr. Tough, don't fuck with me person. So I, I breathe a sigh of relief that that, that does not claw it. I think that's a, that's a logical distillation. I think I, yeah. Um, I feel something myself. I don't know if jealousy is the proper term for what's going on here. Um, there's some feeling being evoked by the aesthetic. And 
You know, part of it is that I think that oh, the, the the mention over and over again of Sopranos is evocative because it's my favorite thing in the whole TV history. And in the whole history of the world. Yeah, since since Philo Farnsworth invented the cathode ray tube and they put uh, Mil- Milton Berle's Texaco Home Theater on it. I've had yes. this I had this feeling about the Sopranos where you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be gatekeepery about it, but I, I get kind of um I don't know, pedantic about people who, who don't share it the show the love for it, at least the the, the, the rich depth of detail that I do. That, granted, you don't have to. None of that's important. It's just but I, right. I start... the people who only like the Sopranos for the, the murder scenes. Uh, yeah. You're, you're mad at Right. Or the the you, you don't like those people. Yeah, I mean it's just again, I think of it as a dense cultural text, not unlike Proust's uh being a nothingness or you know, like honestly, I it feel like it says just as much about life on earth as some of the greatest books ever written. And I'm I'll I'll stand on that. I really uh, think that sounds crazy, but makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. And again, maybe it's a damn good show. Maybe yeah. it has something to do with the fact that it is geographically local and there's sort of a I don't want to say a home team value to it, but the the aesthetic being familiar and that there are bits and pieces of it. That got incorporated into localized parts of my life that I actually witnessed, you know. And I'm not, I'm not, not trying to, you know, make sure other people aren't wearing it, but it, it definitely evokes a feeling. Uh, it's not even nostalgia. Maybe it's something, something more numinous. It's hard to put a word down. But no, I don't think jealousy really uh, factors into it. But here now, I'm, I'm curious now to see where you think the Felonian scale, uh, where this winds up on the XYZ axis of all of our topics. On the Felonian scale, right? Let's talk about fashion stuff we talked about. Brandy Melville, remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Brandy Melville times Dumois. Remember that? Oh, yes. That's Dumois weird. Dumois was a blog about fa- I don't even remember. Yeah. A blog about fashion. So Brandy Melville times Dumois minus the Met Gala plus 3.61. So I realize that's impenetrable to know whether I'm saying this is good or this is bad. This is bad, but it's not that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but it's it's the kind of thing we've seen before. And, you know, actually, to kind of cut to the heart of the matter for, for me, whereas people, the, thing, the, the neologists of my hate is when people say me personally. That's the thing that always gets me. I've, and I've started saying me personally, ironically, but I have a feeling I'm going to wind up saying it what unironically. Mean? Oh, when, you mean it's redundant to say me personally? Yeah, yeah. When people say, well, you know, me personally, I don't like this or something. I think they're... They're emphasizing a point. I understand. You're not going to be pedantic about this one thing? This is what you're going to back up No, I'm not going to be pedantic about this one. I got in a debate the other day why I will not accept the quote-unquote new meaning of nonplussed. How everyone misuses nonplussed. And are we at a point where we need to accept that quote-unquote wrong usage of nonplussed? I will accept the quote-unquote wrong usage of irregardless. I will not accept it of nonplussed. And I can get into why. It's partly because this obnoxious podcaster uses it wrong all the time. And then when people say, can I say something? He says, I don't know. Can you? So he's like a worse grammar pedant than me, but he still misuses nonplussed. Believe it. Anyway, so. I know. I Sorry. I, my I quick answer, no, this was gentle yes. minions. Gentle minions. Gentle is, minions. Is in some Talk ways. Talk about something that came and went fast. But it was, it, gentle minions was tied around a commercial fad. And it was not, I, again, there were charges that that potentially was astroturf, which I think is ridiculous. I think and gentle minions was organic and it was a ridiculous thing and it was tra- and the, the minions movie did incredible and you know that's so to speak and um i think you know in some ways this looks like a bespoke pr sensation for a pop culture brand striking at exactly the right time you know not, not that this is you know not that this is just based around the sopranos i think it'll coincide with this year the sopranos is enjoying and they can go away for the next thing it'll be a nice you know, grand conjunction where the the planets are aligned just in time for the Sopranos' twenty fifth anniversary, 
and this to go and then it, they will get eclipsed at the same time. And, you know, this is a dress up idea. So I think it'll just sort of uh, it'll vanish eventually. That's it. OK, so, Bill, let's put odds on mob wife aesthetics still being a topic of culture next week. Like, obviously, we're not going to talk about it, but like. No, I think I think it's been. It's when been does out, this die? It's been out there for about two weeks already. I think it's got another two or three weeks. Uh, really? Open ended, maybe a, maybe a month of viability, but that's I, about I've it. I've been telling you, I've been hearing rumblings. The people I talk to have been hearing rumblings. Yeah. You know what? Clean Girl Aesthetics making a comeback. You're well-placed sources. It's, it's, it's coming back. It's about time, right? <laughs> it's breaking its silence. It's about time. All right, everybody, if All you right. if you want to go into the annuals, the annals, the annals of our podcast, you will find past episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill, don't get it, at gmail.com. Give us a review on the alligator. Or on the alligators. On the alligators, yeah. exactly. Go to, go to somewhere in Florida, uh, in a bay, or somewhere in Australia, and you can write on an alligator and send it to us. I am on Twitter at William Scurry. I am on Insta. I am on Blue Sky. All the socials you'll find me on some variants of either Bill or William Scurry. YouTube.com slash AMCaser. You see my video stuffed out there for the world to see. And now Noah is also easily available and he'll tell you where to find him. I am mainly at uh, BigQuizThing.com. Learn all about the Big Quiz Thing, America's finest source of corporate and private trivia events. Um, I mean, by the time you hear this, it'll be over, but I'm really excited. This afternoon is my annual. Uh, my alma mater, Carleton College, hires me every year for an online uh, alumni trivia event. And wow, we're, we're expecting our biggest turnout ever. Really exciting. And uh, word got around and now I am, I have essentially become the online trivia alumni event provider for the state of Minnesota. In the next month, I have events for two other Minnesota colleges alumni. So like event. Minnesota has a state bird, a flower, yes, a song. Yes, now a state uh, online alumni trivia yeah. event yes. company and that is the big quiz thing so if you happen to run alumni programs for a college in minnesota or otherwise go to bigquizthing.com if you run events of any kind go to bigquizthing.com and learn about uh, the finest in corporate and private in-person virtual and hybrid live trivia entertainment and uh, i'm personally on uh the gram of the insta at the noah tarno all right, everybody. So until the next episode, we pivot to a subject called waste management aesthetic. We, we don't get it. An American Caesar Enterprises production 2024.